Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome to the Restoration Church podcast. I am Elisa, and I'm here with Pastor Colin and Pastor Nate, and we're here to talk to you about our sermon this week. How's it going, Elisa? Going well. How are you? Uh, man, I I am really, really good. Good. Colin, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. The It's like spring outside. It's really nice out. I have not actually gone outside today. I, <laughs> I have no idea. But yeah, I'll, I'll take your word for it. How's it up there in uh, the great North Woods, Elisa? It, uh... It's snowy. <laughs> Did it snow yeah. last night? No, we just, it just doesn't go away here. Where, mm. especially like where I live, we typically have it snow, even if there's no snow happening anywhere else in the entire town. That's just where we're at. So mm. it's still staying strong. <laughs> well, that's great. We, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. I, I get so much I probably want to talk about. But um, talk to me about church on Sunday. How was it at Plymouth location, guys? Uh, it was awesome. Um, we had our Nerf Wars happening upstairs. Um, it was pretty quiet during service, which I was surprised about. Oh, I thought good. we would really hear them going wild upstairs, but I at least I didn't. And then at the end of service, they came downstairs and they got to play with some of the adults. And that was amazing. We had um, Jim Thayer with Nerf gun in hand, showing the kids how it was done. And um, it was just really cool to see everybody else get involved in that. Yeah, we had a few um, few kids take some bullets to the head. And um, <laughs> one one was upset because her friend had shot her in the eye. And like she hasn't like been there in a while, and so she's like, "She's my friend. Why would why would I get hit? Like I I could thought I trusted her." And so after apologizing, they're they're all friends now. But um, no, it was yeah, it was a lot of fun um, being able to just interact with the the big church. Um, mm-hmm. I think the kids really enjoyed that, and just being able to um, have fun with them too. Um, really helped them kind of get used to the whole like, hey, we're upstairs and you guys are downstairs, but we're still one church. So I really enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. We obviously talk a lot um, about our kids and we prioritize our kids and we have events like Kids Takeover because we want want the church to be a part of what the kids are doing. Um, And we want to just have a culture where we truly care so much about them and understand that each one of them are special and God has a plan for their life. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm super, I know Pastor Collins very passionate about this as well, but I'm super passionate at, um, just getting the, the rest of the church to understand that, you know, we're here for them. We love them. We want to see what God is doing in their lives. And we, we want to be a part of that. We want to steward that well. Um, so it, it meant a lot to me to see as many people get involved as as they did, because mm-hmm. um, that's that's what we want. That's it. I I feel like that's a huge win for us. Yeah. 
That's good. Everybody had fun. Yeah, Absolutely. it seemed like all the locations. Um, after seeing all the photos and videos, um, it seems like all the locations really, um, really leaned into this event and um, had a lot of fun with it. So, yeah. But um, hey, Pastor Nate. So during during while we were playing Nerf War, I had a um, friend come upstairs, and he he had just he, he was just talking to me about how he just felt like. Um, like what you were talking about really hit him um pretty hard. And he hmm. um we was talking through like that pull on his heart. Um and so he had mentioned a lot of um what he'd been going through and he was just really wrestling with like what God has for him and his family next. Um and I think your sermon really leaned into what he what he wanted to hear um and what God wanted him to hear. And I just like, I just want, if, if you don't mind, just kind of expanding on. So we're in the season of like Jesus and we have multiple series set up for this year. Um, and so this sermon today, like that we had yesterday, um, what, what were you thinking through when writing it? Like, what was like, what was like that good pushing point that you had for that? <laughs> well, it was we and we probably we preached similar things not even too long ago, but if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Mm -hmm. And it was just that part of it that just being a church attender is nothing. I mean, it's mm -hmm. or or calling yourself a Christian. It means nothing. You, yeah. you the the measuring stick is following Jesus. Are you following Him or not? And that really exposes religiousness, religiosity. Mm -hmm. It really exposes that. And I want our church to be a, a church, right? A body of the body of Christ, the group of believers that are doing what Jesus says in the way that Jesus says at the time Jesus says. Yeah. And if we're yeah. that, like what will happen in New Hampshire? What will happen around the world? What will happen in our homes if we do that? And that's just my prayer, knowing how great it is to follow Jesus and mm -hmm. what Jesus can do through a group of people who are following him. Yeah. You know, that's, that's my motivation. That's what I want. I want people to experience that. Yeah. Awesome. I loved how um, you you opened it out with how many of you have met. Um, I don't remember the exact wording that you said, but a church person or a Christian person that you you couldn't stand, and um, I think people were taken off guard by that at first because they're like, well, "What am I supposed to say here?" Like they didn't want to raise their hands. Um, but you know, how many people have have we talked to? Um, you know, in, in the secular setting, whether we're at work or, you know, at the grocery store, we have people really close to us, friends, family, who have turned away from the church because of the how the way that church people have behaved, the way that they have spoken to them, the way that they have been treated. And um, you know, we talk about that a lot, but I don't think people really understand the weight of how your behavior and how how your actions affects the way that other people see Jesus. If you understood that what comes out of your mouth could cost somebody their eternity with Jesus, they 
they put a little bit more weight to the the things that they say and that they do and how they treat people. So mm-hmm. I just love this well, series. We so should much probably move into some examples here, and uh, <clears throat> because that should be fun for everybody. Um, one that I that I thought of was um, so Michelle works part time at a public school, and obviously, you, you know. She's a Christian. She doesn't hide that. Mm-hmm. Uh, her husband's a pastor. She doesn't hide that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, and and I, I I'm I'm afraid of what I'll say because then Michelle will be like, "Why'd you say that on the podcast?" <laughs> there is a teacher there that is. I'm so glad you're a Christian. I'm a Christian too. There's not enough Christians here. Yeah. That was like at the beginning of the school year. And then by week three, my wife was like telling me, I wish she'd stop telling people she's a Christian. She's so mm. rude to everybody. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, for real. Like, could you, could you just shut up, please? Like, why are the people <laughs> who are so bold about Jesus, not people who actually look and act like Jesus? Yeah. Mm. Another one we had is, um, you would, you know, I said, um, raise your hand if you if if you've ever met a Christian that you hated. And I'm like, my hand's not up as an example. I'm raising my hand too. And yeah. I think about someone that came to one of our churches one time. This is this is pretty recent. And um, when the mask mandate was still on in New Hampshire, he was he yelled at a guest in one of our lobbies for wearing a mask. Like, you don't have faith, you blah, 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 blah. So anyway, we asked that guy not to come back to our church anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Screaming at people and trying to use Bible verses about them wearing a mask. And it's not even like it was someone you knew. Yeah. It was just to a stranger, to a guest. What a doofus. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. The way people act. And I can think about so many people from my childhood. And most of the time, right, people who disengage from church and disengage from Jesus, when you ask them why, very, very rarely does it actually have to do with anything about Jesus or even necessarily about the church. It has to do with people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Why do you guys think that there's that disconnect when between like having the title of a Christian and then being a fo- like a follower of Christ? Like, where do you think that the disconnect happens? Well, I think about our one thing I think of, and at least you can interrupt. But one thing I think of is our um, our all staff teaching from a couple weeks ago, and we talked about signs of a hardening heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things, like you meet Jesus, you fall in love with Jesus, but slowly over time, that love grows cold. You Mm -hmm. you know, one of the churches in Revelation, Jesus talks to them about that. Your love can grow cold. The other thing that happens is your heart can grow hard. Mm -hmm. And and, and I think those things creep in. And I think Mm -hmm. poor discipleship or weak pastoral leadership can add to that. Um. Or if the pastor is suffering those th- same things, then mm-hmm. that can add to it as well. And so the pastor can disciple people to be mean and nasty. And mm-hmm. I've certainly met some of those pastors in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. those are my thoughts. Elisa, what are your 
Thoughts? Yeah, I have um, two that really come to mind right away. One is um, the I'm better than you mentality because I have Jesus. Um, that is, you know, such a strong mindset in some people of I have Jesus, so I'm better than you now, or I do the right thing and you don't, so I'm better than you now. <laughs> so um, I think that's one thing that, you know, we don't really want to think that people are thinking that. We don't want to believe that that's a mindset that people have. And we might not want to believe that we have that mindset. So I think every every one of us are capable of saying, look at that guy and how he's living his life. I can't believe, hey, I, be, I can't believe he's doing that. Or I can't believe these people are doing this to their kids. You know, mm-hmm. we we look at things that that are hurtful to us. We feel bad. So then we start to think, you know, you're bad. And if you were only like me, or if if you followed God the way that I did, you know, um, it it could be all different sorts of stuff. But we can, you know, be emotionally affected by somebody else's actions. So now, you know, we start to look down upon them rather than see them through Jesus's eyes as people who are broken and people mm-hmm. who Jesus loves and who He wants to be able to impact and um, make better. You know. Um, but another one is, um, I think a lot of people who, who developed their faith upon rules rather than who Jesus is and his character. Um, I think that's another huge one. Um, you know, you think about, we understand the grace that God has for us. We understand the love that he has for us and it gives us a reason to praise, um, but if people were just born into their faith, their, or maybe their faith was developed from from when they were kids, maybe their their parents were very rule based Christians. Um, you never know. But um, I just think a lot of people who focus too heavily on on rules forget the grace of God, and they forget His love and His character. You reminded yeah. me of a of a sermon, so I just clicked and looked it up. Um, it was um, the Grace series, week two. Stop following the rules, which was like mm-hmm. a weird thing, like to tell Christians, like stop following the rules. And for some people, it'd be like, "What do you mean? Isn't Christianity all about rules?" Yeah. And um, we talked about rules based relationship or a grace based relationship. Mm-hmm. And and I certainly grew up in a rules based relationship, and yeah. that's where we teach everybody what not to do, but we yep. never ever teach them why. And the illustration that I used in that sermon was Candyland, um, playing Candyland as a little kid with your parents. Yeah, and um there's rules to the game, which not a lot of people know, like there's a rule book. Um, <laughs> but the important part of playing Candyland with your kid was not teaching them the rules. It was having a relationship with them. And yeah. you don't want to play the game with your kids because they play it right. You play Candyland with them because you love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we would never say to our kids playing Candyland, follow the rules and I love you. If you don't follow the rules, I'll have nothing to do with you. <laughs> That's and, right. I, and so that as a, an illustration of how we, how we might be following Jesus. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely growing up um, and even in like my age demographic now, um, there's a lot of people who say like they're Christians, but when Thursday night rolls around, they're out drinking and partying. And and so like, I think, I think a lot of it too is for that, that title of being a Christian. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Um, Never been to church before, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a Christian. And it just like kind of, and then people, when they meet those people, it kind of like hurts hurts that name um and not like we're we're like based on our titles but it's just like it it hurts it hurts the name of the christian when um you're gonna say oh yeah i do all these things oh yeah i murdered someone i do all these things um i'm a christian but like there's no practice involved um there's no like going to church there's no reading of the bible there's not even like a prayer that's said um and so I think sometimes um, I, I definitely just like remember I just got like this weird memory of when I was a kid having a conversation with one of my friends at school and they were like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm like, have you been to like, have you read the Bible before? And they're like, what's the Bible? And I'm like, oh, OK, like that's different. <laughs> and so um, they weren't like Mormons or anything, but they legitimately were Christians. And she's like, oh, there's a Bible and everything. And so I just remember like having those conversations with people growing up and just like. Um, and them just kind of being clueless, but you know, you know, like they want to go to heaven. So, um, they say like, oh yeah, I'm Christian because of that. And so, um, I think it's another thing that I've experienced that definitely kind of rolls in with this, but, um, but yeah, Pastor Nate, you talked yeah. through stepping into, um, more and kind of allowing God to do more in your life. And, um, and so just kind of talking through that, um, what what are like some we talked through the last couple of weeks of the new series of of serving in church and being a part of the church and um and not just being a part of church on sunday but being the church as the whole um and and so like what's another thing that we can be doing that will allow us to step into a deeper relationship with god like taking it one step further i'm pretty like programmatic which is not always a good thing. Um, But I think, oh, you want to grow? Then you need to serve. Okay, you do that. Now you need to give. Okay, do you do that? You need to participate in a way, Mm -hmm. in worship, in a way that's beyond your personality. Mm -hmm. So, which is weird. And so it doesn't mean raising your hands. It doesn't necessarily mean singing out loud, but you need to participate in worship, like at yeah. a heart level, not just a spectator level. Okay. You're doing that. Then um, you need to, um, you need to share your faith. Are you doing that? Who, who do you share your testimony with? Who do you invite to church? Okay, yeah. great. You know, are you doing that? Still doing these other things and not necessarily in these order, but yeah. You, you know that you're doing you're 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 practicing your faith um now prayer again not in the these are not in any order but are you talking to god have you heard god's voice um what does that look like then you know do you go on a missions trip um are you studying theology are you um serving up are you like are you leading are you growing into leadership um are you bringing your faith with you to work is it affecting mm-hmm. how you do your job and how you grow your business so that's how i think through is yeah. the next thing to do and 
um, ha- you know, maybe habit stacking your Christianity, like adding, bringing Jesus, allowing Jesus into more and more areas of your life. And then once you've done it all, uh, and you can, and you're doing it all, like, and say those practices I all have, um, then it's, um, you know, then it's whatever spiritual gifts, um, growing in spiritual gifts, adding more spiritual gifts to what you have. Yeah. I, I, that's how I think, which is not how everybody thinks. And that's why Mm -hmm. our church, we can get stuck into rules-based relationship. And that's why I was so prone to rules-based relationship is just checking off boxes and not having the relationship with it. Um, but it's still, I think those are, if you're not doing some of those things and you need to start doing some of those things, right. In my mm-hmm. relationship with Michelle, my wife, um, there, there's a whole bunch of check mark, check boxes. Yeah. Going on a date once a week, going away together once a year, um, Valentine's day, mother's day, birthday, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, daily chores, daily check-ins, daily text messages, like you do all those things. And that's part of how that's part of a foundation of having a healthy relationship. Because if you don't do the check marks, you don't do the task, then it's really impossible to have a sustainable long-term relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What what do you think, Pastor Lisa? Um with when you think about, you know, if you're if you're married, when you think about your marriage, what are some of the most special times that you spend with each other? I know for Josh and myself, um, or I, you know, I can only really speak for myself. I'm a I'm a talker. I love being able to communicate. I love being able to sit at the dinner table and just talk about our day, and um, that is so meaningful to me. And, and that's kind of where your relationship grows the most is just being able to talk about the good and the bad things to be able to have real conversations about God, um, about your faith and to just have simple conversations of, um, you know, what was funny today? (laughs) What, what made you laugh, you know? Um, and that just helps grow in your relationship with each other. So, you know, we can be all about these rules. And I I think the rules have a place in our faith because we have to make sure that we're being diligent in what we're supposed to be doing. But also the best way that you can be like Jesus, the best way that you can um, really encounter him is through your prayer life. And even that can become a checkbox in our life of, you know, what that's supposed to look like. But, you know, even, even for me, I'll drive in the car and that's my favorite place to talk to God because I'm not focusing on anything else. And it's just like driving with a friend kind of thing, you know? Um, so I, I think just one way to get away from that, that hyper-focus of the rules, hyper-focus of the checkbox of, of what you're supposed to do in your faith is what, what it really comes down to what matters the most is, is the time that you spend with him. He just wants to be in communication with you. He just wants to be in community with you. That makes his whole his whole day for whatever a day looks like in heaven because he has no time. But <laughs> um, you know, it's 
it's so much more than just a checkbox moment. It's, it can be everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, with all that said um, of having prayer life, giving, volunteering, um, what you said, passionate and really leaning into prayer. um, I kind of just like, I like to think through it. Like those are all great things, but to even elevate that even more is to Mm -hmm. have someone with you and, and bring them through that. So um, like disciple someone Um, once you've, once you've gotten to that point where you understand the why behind it and you understand why it's important, especially with your relationship with God. And um, it's also take someone through it and just really disciple them in that. Um, like how to pray, how, how to pray, um, and how to use the gifts of the spirit, how to, um, realize what's going on. And, um, like when, when is it important to start volunteering? When is it important to start giving? And, um, and just like really walking them through that, I think is also important because once you've gotten it down, um, then you become like the teacher, right? And then you, mm-hmm. after that, it's like, if you're able to successfully walk someone through it, then you'll see how their their faith and how what they've gone through how that's going to affect everyone else and it kind of like cascades into like um not like a pyramid scheme but in a way that it kind of cascades to everyone else and like one person can lead to like thousands of people um being saved and um so it just takes it just takes faith and it just takes time to see that all happen um yeah so I, I i like i like that that was a good point that made me um that made me think of like our, when we're listening to the sermon, our focus is how can we make sure that we're not becoming those kinds of people? But when you talk about discipleship, it's okay. Now we understand Jesus. We understand his love for us and and we're, we're trying to be more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. How can we help other people do the same as, as leaders? How can we help break down those, those walls for them? Yep. And it's just by, you know, Imagine somebody who's who's in the church who who really does you wrong, you know? They they really react and behave in a way that um it's it's not right. How do you respond to that as a leader? How do you respond to that as as a, a true follower of Christ? Are you gonna condemn them or hate them because of what they did or what they said? Or are you gonna show them the grace and love of Jesus? And I think that can that can help break down that mentality of um Christianity is about the rules. I did a bad thing. So now I, you know, I lost a friend because of this, or I did a bad thing. So now I, I deserve X, Y, and Z. Um, but you know, I, I thought of an instant yesterday that Josh was talking to somebody and, and they were talking about somebody who really hurt Josh in a way he, you know, it, it affected him a lot. And Josh was like, yeah, well I forgive him. And the other one was like, wait, really? You'd really, you'd really forgive him? Like you're breaking down all of those preconceived expectations of what a, you know, how a Christian should respond or how just a human should respond. Um, So not only can we try and help us to be more like Jesus, but our actions are so important for how other people can become more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's part of, um, uh, I think the the parent equation, right? The importance, if you're a parent and you're bringing your children to church, that your faith is beyond Sunday. Yes. But I think that's one thing that really, I, you know, 
I think that happens with pastors' kids. Their, you know, the their parent is on the stage espousing yeah. a belief system, yeah, or a moral standard that they're not actually living at home. And I think that can really cause a problem. And I think parents can do the same thing. And um, I don't know about your your parents, what you can speak to, but for my own parents, like I talked on Sunday about my dad giving his life to Jesus at 23. My parents brought us to church. Um, there were, a, they, you know, um, there was a, there were some moments of, of my, like my dad praying with us. I remember in second grade, him, you know, us praying every night that I would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit until that moment I did. But beyond that, they didn't teach me to read my Bible or like talked. We didn't really talk about God in a heart level. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't teach me to tithe. Um, they didn't like, yeah, it was just a little, it was a little bit of a disconnect. I remember getting older and needing to ask questions about God, but feeling embarrassed about it because we hadn't had those questions before. And I remember even when God was doing amazing things in my life, I didn't share it with my parents. Uh, And I remember like I used to be on the worship team on Sunday nights. We used to have like youth group worship team. And so I was one of the, the singers on that worship team. And I remember, I remember the (laughs) pastor's wife. Why you guys laughing? I started singing uh, God Rest You Married Gentlemen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> the pastor's wife, eventually, like, she, she like, shut it down. She's like, I don't remember her language, but I remember her being very angry. And, like, she just, like, ripped into all of us. And she's like, Nate, I don't know what's going on with you, but you're not even participating anymore. You're more focused on the people that are in the crowd and making jokes than you are about worshiping. And, and really, like... I I accepted that rebuke. I'm like, what is going on with me? And I realized that my parents were attending Sunday night church now and they hadn't. But now that my parents were in the room, I was a lot more shy about raising my hands and participating because they were watching. And like, that's just a weird thing that we, we couldn't really have celebrated that together. Um, Mm -hmm. But because it was so uncommon that I felt embarrassed about it. Yeah. What yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I don't know what it's like for you, for you guys. You don't have to speak to any of that, but yeah. So definitely growing up, kind of the same thing. Um, we 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 went to church, but there was no teaching of church. Um, there is no like this is how you read the Bible. This is why we tithe. Um, no demonstration of that. Um, at all. Um, and so we just all I remember about going to church as a young as a young lad is um, we, we would just go to church. We'd do some, we we'd be the loud kids. Cause there wasn't any kids church at the one I went to um, that had my age group in it. So they had like the nursery, but they didn't have anything for the littler kids. Um, and so we'd be the obvious loud, obnoxious kids in the back. Um, and we'd get talked to you probably every Sunday after church about how loud we were, how disrespectful we were. And mm-hmm. um yeah, and and so that could have made it the reason why I don't go to church now, um, very easily. But um, 
I just remember there was when I was learning how to drive, there was a um the the worship leader, he was like, Hey, like I'll pick you up, like you can drive to church, so I'll teach you how to drive and um you can play drums for us and like it was kind of like a you do this, I'll do this for you and we'll both benefit. And so um seeing that and that really like played a big role in church. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of like not much was spoken about. Like we prayed before we ate dinner, but that was like the most extent of what happened. Um, and and so just kind of thinking through that and really seeing how that kind of affected now, like a lot of my siblings, I I, I pray constantly that my siblings will go back to church and will eventually experience that again. But um, yeah, so that's kind of my experience growing up with that. Um, Pastor Lisa? Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, we were in and out of churches and it, you know, it depended on the season. So some seasons we were in church for a little bit. Some seasons we were out of church for as much as a year. Um, so I, I remember going to church. Um, you know, I remember that being a big thing for certain seasons of my life. And then, um, you know, God was always a present place and our or a present thing in our home, you know, he was always talked about and stuff like that. But, um, you know, Pastor Nate, when you talked about feeling awkward to raise your hand in front of your, your parents, um, mm-hmm. my first experience raising my hand in worship was at, um, at youth group. And before that, I don't, I don't really fully remember. I went to a Baptist church when I was really young. Nobody would do that at all. Um, and in the church, yeah of the same youth group, some people would raise their hands and some people wouldn't, but we were taught to as kids. So, you know, um, I, I just remember being a teenager and doing that for the first time. And it was, you know, really special and a really big deal. And I don't remember if I went home and talked about it or not, but I, I never did it when we were in church together. Um, and I had realized that the reason that that was, is I'd never saw either one of my parents do that. None of my Mm -hmm. siblings, none of my parents, you know, um, they never raised their hands in worship. So to me, it was just something that I just felt weird. I just felt Mm -hmm. awkward. Um, and then it wasn't, you know, until I really started to develop my faith independently that I didn't care. And actually I remember starting to raise my hands in church and uh, my mom was was coming to restoration with me for a while and um I look over and I see I see her hands go up and I'm like wow I didn't even know you wanted to do that so um you know that was that was a cool experience later on in life yeah um I just remember when I when I first started raising because we guess we're talking about this when I first started raising my <laughs> hand during worship it was when I went to Cambria um, when I was like maybe 14, 15, um, yeah. I went back to church on Sunday and I remember I, I was, I was on projection that Sunday. And so I would be in the back. Um, I would have my hand raised, but the second I felt like my parents were watching me, I quickly shot it down and I was just yeah. like, Oh, I don't want them to see that side of me. Like, um, which was kind of like thinking about it now, I, I kind of laugh at it. Um, but I was kind of like embarrassed because that wasn't something that I saw them do often yeah. um, or at all. And so when I finally started doing it, it was just like, at one point I just like stopped caring and I just was doing it. My eyes were closed while worshiping and I was just, yeah. but it was really funny. I was on projection. So sometimes I'd have to pay attention a little more, but um, yeah, it's <laughs> just like eventually got out of that 
feeling of, you know, like people are watching me. That's okay. Like I'm doing this not for people watching me, but for my own, my own relationship with Christ and my own body yeah. language, um, which is funny how it happened, but yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. How can, and I just think there is something for parents to, to learn in there to, and it doesn't mean your kids are going to follow the Lord, but you're, yeah. But if Jesus is real to you, your kids should know that because they yeah. don't know. they haven't had an experience with Jesus. They're just attending. And you've got to live out your faith so they know it's real yep. and then they can investigate it and and find it for themselves. Yeah, I tell my parents um, of the students that I teach every week, like I only have them for two hours max. Um like on a Sunday. And so it's their, it's their job and their responsibility to, to help that relationship with Christ. And so, um, a lot of them, they are raising their hand during worship. And so I kind of like, I I love worship nights when we're all able to worship together and the kids see that. And sometimes the kids reflect that. Um, I just remember just seeing like a Dahlia and Ebony Pike, like raise their hands during worship. And it like, it always breaks my heart um, for a good thing. Like, wow, like they're understanding it, like they're getting it. Um, and it's because of they're seeing their parents do that same thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I just, yeah, I just remind them each, every time I see them, like, Hey, if you're doing something with God, like that's got, where God's involved, let them see that. Like, um, I, I know a friend, uh, Jeremiah Fike, who, um, we saw when we went to Wyoming, he, he gets up every morning and he makes sure that he's reading his Bible the time that his kids come down. So they see that he's reading it and, um, and not for the show. Like that's when he does a quiet time, but he does that purposely because what he started is his older kid, um, his oldest son now comes down. Um, and he, he began to kind of open his Bible too. Um, so he's like setting that way. And I just like, I really love like the whole setting an example because literally what Jesus did for us. And so that's how we can be like Jesus to them as well. Right. Is, is to set that same example. So. Yeah. I, um, a while the last podcast that I was on was when we were in in Africa. One thing Asher was talking about, Asher, uh, Pastor Nate's son, um, he was talking about you know how how much it impacted him when when a woman was delivered. And um, once uh, this just made me remember this when when that was going on in the village, Pastor Nate, you were you were praying for her, but you were holding your son's hand while you were praying for her. And I just thought, you know, I think back on that and how powerful is that? Like, Mm. how cool is that? That not only did Asher get to be a part of that, but while you were praying, you were holding your son's hand. And while you were holding his hand, then he starts praying and he starts praying with power and authority. Like, come on, Asher. Um, It was, it was just such a, such a cool thing. And, And that's, you know, that's, that's the most beautiful way to me that, a parent can represent Jesus to be like Jesus yeah. is not only is God doing something in your life right now in that moment, but you're, you're walking your kid through that, even without having to explain like just that, that be with me moment, you know? Yeah. And he wanted that too, which I think is another really special piece is, you know, we talk about how we felt as kids as you know, we might've been uncomfortable. No, he wanted to hold your hand. Like he felt a little uneasy here, here and there. So 
he went to his dad. And um, I think that was that was so cool and such a great representation for, you know, what what a parent wants to be to their kid. Yeah, and I went looking for him in that moment too. The the first moment I got free, and we did a lot mm-hmm. of talking during that whole altar call. A lot yep. of talking, a lot of teaching, a lot of yep. Um, you know, this is what's so awesome about God. Is this feels scary right now, but God's gonna win, and you're gonna see it. And He's bigger than this, and He's bigger than anything, and a lot of that stuff. But that's the right. That's part of why I bring on my mission trips. That's part of why we started designing a family mission trip that you could bring your preteen and your teenager on to um, yeah, just to experience it, to experience um, God. Another another style of church, another uh, other believers around the world, um, because it does show like, okay, we're not just we're not just going to church because we're going to mm-hmm. church. Oh, God really is saving people and doing miracles across the whole world. He didn't yeah. just die on the cross for 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 our church, but for all humanity. Yeah. And hopefully I raise in my boys a desire to obey like Jesus. If God tells yeah. them to, to move across the across the ocean or to invite a friend to church or to come against the demonic power, like they'll just obey mm-hmm. and yeah. do what he asks. And hopefully I'll have enough in me to actually let them do that. Yeah. Yeah. When they say, Hey dad, 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 I, will you go invite my soccer coach to church? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go do that. Sure. And actually like, okay, go do it now. And like, all right. And like putting the car in (laughs) and, getting out of the car and walking over and I don't know. It's a, just a challenge to me. Like if I invite a teenager to a youth event, like there's no hesitancy about that, but I invite someone to come watch me speak like that always makes me so nervous, but yeah. Yeah. But trying to show them. Yeah. We, we obey, we live out what we, what we say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I ended, and I, I didn't track when we started, but we must be getting close. I ended with the obedience mindset and uh, three things that will help you to obey, like three ways to think that will help you to obey. And I only hit them real quick because, um, anyway, because it was just part of the the conclusion. But one of them, and my internet is going to lag here, so I can't open my sermon. But one of them was, it's not about me. And so when we're obeying Jesus, you know, I think one of the things that can make us quit and stop is, well, I don't want to do that. That's embarrassing. Yeah. I, I don't like that. That's not who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, any any thoughts that you guys have on on how thinking that way, it's not about me, helps you to obey? Yeah, I think um, you you sp- and you spoke about it at a all staff as well. 
um, is the is the servant leader um, mindset. And so um, Jesus, when he washed disciples' feet, um, it wasn't um, it, it was because he wanted to serve them. So he put himself aside. He he um, he was the one washing the feet of the disciples before they went in, and um, and it shows just like that Jesus Jesus even mirrored this for us as well. Um, that it wasn't about him, about how the fact he was the Messiah. He was going to get down on his knees and wash the feet of the disciples. Um, and so, just as he did, we reflect that. And um, as we're as we're talking about leadership, as we're talking about um, just being churchgoers, um, we're we're serving we're serving people, and we we serve the church. Um, so this is my quick thought on that. And mm-hmm. um, the other. Yeah. Part of the obedience mindset was it's not for me. And I think that's an important part too, because when Jesus asked us to do something, we always are like, well, what's in it for me? And we have to realize like probably nothing. There's nothing in it for you other than obedience, mm-hmm. other than you're doing what God asked you to do. But you, if you've given your body to him as a full sacrifice, yeah. then you have to let him use you and spend you the way he needs to for his mission. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps too. It helps me to realize my life is not my own. I was bought yep. with a price. So yeah. you need me to preach this hard sermon. You need me to invite this person. You need me to give this money. You need me to move across the world. Like I'm yours. Spend me as you need me Yeah, uh, yeah. for your glory. Yeah, I so I listened to a podcast from Craig Rochelle um not too long ago. Um and he talks about the eight great um the the eight habits of, of great leader. Um one of them is doing the hard right. Um where when things are easy, um the easy wrong, like are we doing the easy wrong or the hard right? Um his his he he said this, he says, the difference between where you are and where you want to be um might be the pain you're unwilling to endure. Um, and I just think as, as Christians, as we're stepping out in that, we have to choose the hard right, um, to be obedient. We have to choose that, that pain and that, um, unwilling, like that we're unwilling to endure and actually endure it because that's going to get that that's going to push us to help get our family members saved or help get our soccer coach saved. Um, and so I think that plays a huge part in obedience is, is taking yeah. that step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's so many when when we think about ourselves in those moments there's so many layers of to of what area of me we're thinking about, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about my finances. It's not about my comfortability. It's not about my qualifications. You know, I've I've even looked into, you know, not <laughs> feeling like I don't want to step into something because I feel like I'm not qualified for it. It's not about you. It's not, it's not about me, you know, it's a, it's about God and what he can do. And if I was so wallowing in everything that I think I can't do, then I wouldn't see what God truly can do in me. Um, And, you know, we, with that me mindset, you know, we, we get in the way of God's plan so often and, Mm -hmm. and um, we have to just, you know, well, I don't have enough money for that. We'll stop thinking about that because God's going to provide it. You know, if mm-hmm. he asked you to do it, just be 
obedient because he's going to bless you. And the area where it is about me is, you know, I I don't know if if other other locations kind of talked about this when they were talking about their tithes and offerings, but um, one verse that, you know, Pastor Stephen suggested that we can share this week is about, um, you know, the sowing and the reaping. What you sow, you're going to reap the blessings of God. So there is a level that is about you that we we can't even understand and we can't do it for us. But if we're obedient, the way that God blesses us is out of this world. And just being able to experience somebody else being blessed by something that we do, um, what a blessing that is for us to be able to be a difference in somebody's life or or to, you know, just simply do that thing that God asked us to do, do that hard thing, yeah. you know, it's worth it. It's worth it for them, but it is worth it for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not even for you that um, something's going to do, but God's going to use yep. you for someone else. Um, and I, I just think that's, all, yeah, just going along with that, like God's going to, maybe maybe like an event that you go to or an activity that you do, maybe it's not even for you at all, but maybe yep. you're going to be that 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 bridge between God and someone else. And, mm. and you're going to help them reach and, and be reached. And so... Um, yeah, that's a good point, Pastor Lisa. The last thing in the obedience mindset is remembering who you're following. So I'm not following me. I'm not a follower of me. I'm a follower of Jesus. Right. I think that helps me to, to like my, if I'm going to follow me, you know what? There's days that I want to quit. There's days that I want to run away. There's days that I want to sin you know but who am i following who and and i think that is the last part that helps me to have a long-term focus it's not about me it's not for me i'm not following obedience obey like jesus obey like jesus yeah so good yeah so obedience is less like me and more like him yeah every time yeah and I just last kind of point on this. I, I think um, I think the fruits that also go along with it, um, the fruits that are produced from what you do, um, you can tell if it's you or if it's God. Um, if it's if it's um, producing kindness, if it's producing um, selflessness, if it's doing all of that, um, if you see the fruits of the spirit in that as a product, um, you're going to know that God's in that situation. And w- once you start to see um, sin in the way, once you start to see the other things, you'll you'll notice that it's more of our own flesh and desires versus his wants and dreams for us. So, yeah. Beautiful yeah, point. I, I love, I love so obedience. Good. Mm-hmm. So good. We can so often like question whether it's, is this me or is this God? You know? Um, and that, that's a really simple answer of, well, does it reflect God? Does it reflect his character? Does it reflect the fruits of the spirit? Um, I think that's a really good key for people to, to know for sure. Well, any, um, any recommendations you guys want to share? I don't think I got any this time. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was, I thought of a few books, but I know we've already recommended them. Um, I don't know that we've, sh- that we've recommended all in, which is by another Mark Batterson book. Yeah. But all in is a good one. And um, it was, um, I think that's a great book. If you're, 
if you're a believer, but not necessarily a follower, that book can be a good catalyst to, to go all in. Um, also, we haven't talked about it before, so this is the first time we'll, we'll talk about it to the church. But um, registrations are now open on our events page for our summer um, growth course, our summer series, um, which is titled Follow Jesus. And we'll be, um, you can sign up for that at every location for this summer. So it's eight weeks long. And um, if you be coming to a freedom circle, it's a little bit similar. That's well, it's not, uh, you come in the auditorium, everybody watches a video together, and then we break off one on one in the auditorium and go through the material. So that's for eight weeks long during the summer. And, um, you know, as again, additional stuff to help us to identify the areas we should be following and, and, um, and growing in our relationship with him. So, you can sign up for that now. And that's starting on June 7th, eight weeks long. So Sweet. that's another resource for you. Any awesome. closing words from either of you guys? I don't think uh, yeah, so. just, just to be like Christ, to be less of ourselves. Yeah. And just yeah. to really hold that close. Maybe put that on yeah. a mirror or like or on your car dashboard when you're driving. Just pronounce, let's just say that every day. <laughs> I think for me, I today I'm just riding high. Like I have so much gratefulness in my heart for this past two weeks of of church, of so many yeah. testimonies, so many guests. Um, I got I'm in my email this morning was from someone I haven't met yet and said, I'm 34 years old and I've gone to church my whole life, but Two weeks ago during the giving series, giving sermon, it all clicked. I'm a follower of Jesus now. I'm all Amen. in at Restoration Church. And holy cow, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Amazing, 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 amazing. Um, I just love that. Love that's good. the reward for giving is another person's salvation, right? And mm -hmm. You know, that's unbelievable. So yeah. Good. I would say, um, you know, ending on on my on my mind is just like, you can do it. You can be more like Jesus. And I think so often it's in, almost intimidating when we think about having to be more like Jesus because he's incredible. <laughs> you know, words can't yeah. describe him and how good he is. How could we possibly be like Jesus, but you can do it. And it is with one tiny choice of obedience each day, with with one tiny act of obedience, it's just taking a step closer to who God is creating you to be. So, you know, don't be intimidated by it or think that you're not worthy of it or not capable of it. You are, right. you are, yeah, we, and you can do it. We also don't want to forget that the Holy Spirit's empowering us to do it. So we're not doing it on our own. Absolutely. We it's like um it's like an electric bicycle. So you're pedaling, you're pedaling, but the Holy Spirit's that battery powered motor that's yeah. you ever, ever seen someone casually pedal an electric bike up a hill? It looks so <laughs> bizarre. 
just like casually <laughs> and they're going up 15 miles an hour. That's what it is to follow Jesus when you're living in the spirit. Yeah. You're yeah. pedaling, yep. but the Holy Spirit's driving you up that hill. Yeah. I'm gonna I I, I, I need to preach that. Look, we gotta buy an electric bicycle and <laughs> maybe that'll be in my sermon in two weeks from now. We'll yeah. see. All right, guys. Listen, thanks, thanks. for talking today. Yeah, um, of course. Appreciate you guys. And and we'll uh we'll talk to you on the podcast next week. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Bye.